Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Coxwain. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. In all my years, I've never seen the like. It has to be more than a hundred sea miles, and he brings us up on his tail. That's seamanship, Mr. Pullings. My God, that's seamanship. England is under a threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. The first time he spoke to me, I should never forget his words. I remember it like it was yesterday. He leaned across the table. He looked me straight in the eye and he said, Aubrey, may I trouble you for the salt? Give the theme song. song. Master at arms, take that man below and clap him in irons. Come to the wrong shop for anarchy, brother. There, I have you. You're completely dished. Do you not know that in the service, I must always choose the lesser of two wheels? <laughs> to wives and to sometimes. Wives Hey, they never meet. So it's every hand to his rope or gun. Quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Oh, jolly good, old chap. How's it going? We're going to 2003 <laughs> for uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Um, back in 03, when I saw this movie, uh, I remember it very, very fondly. And I watched it, you know, a couple of times over the years. So I had high expectations for this one going in. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, Peter Weir directed, uh, and we got Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany, uh, Pippin, uh, uh, you know what, a bunch of other faces that you would definitely recognize, though not really by name. This had um, uh, a deep cast, for sure, and a lot of young people as well, because uh, that's what we're going on about here in the waters off of Brazil, where we start. Um, Yeah, we're in the 1800s, and this is all about the world like the the ocean is the battleground it's the war zone um risky running time of 138 minutes uh and it made 150 million in the box office no sorry it was made for 150 million which was a crazy big budget and it made over 200 mil in the box office um i always thought this movie because it was based on a series of books uh they must have been going for um a series with this but we just never saw it and honestly that's disappointed me for a long time because even if you don't love this movie um because of it's you know length or or whatever it, it, there's some some rich subject matter to be had here and uh, this movie also works really well as a period piece i hadn't considered what life would be like on the boats at this time and uh, i actually read the books after seeing this movie um and I don't remember them all exactly, but it also paints a very clear picture of what life would have been like at the time. So I thought this movie really did a good job in terms of feeling, um, getting that feeling of crew, the camaraderie that would come along with all that. It's bananas to think of how long they would be at sea. Like in this time, like months. Yeah. Jesus, man. The fact that they can repair the boat at sea and all of that, um, that you don't take into account if you're not a fucking boat person as I'm very much not um, with like the amount of food and stock you need to bring like it's crazy yeah they'd have it down to a science and like years by this time they would have been sailing for a very long time probably over a century 
or more, right? Um, mm. So they'd have this just absolutely down how to how to store and preserve food, what like live animals you would have. Yeah. When you would like, you'd always have places you could go for provisioning. Um, you know, like navigation back in this day and age was just not the easiest thing in the world. Um, and there were a lot of cultures as I look, as I learned about this, it's why like the countries in Europe were so uh, advanced and were able to go all over the world and, you know, put their business into Brazil and, um, you know, any place that was, uh, um, a, a port of call uh, along the the Gulf Stream and all that kind of stuff. You just you know trading and all that stuff would have been going nuts at that time. So the people who had the the craft of the of of sailing and these ships were like ruling the world at the time. The fact that they could build and recreate this ship so authentically too is like such a crazy crazy endeavor for them to like want to take going into making this film. Apparently yeah. the the storm the crazy storm footage is all real. Really? Yeah, it's genuine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like that boat was in fucking well, how else would they have done it? Like that boat was well, in the stormy seas. They had three boats that they used at different times and some of the scenes were shot in this giant water tank. The boat was mounted to a um a gimbal, I guess, is what you'd call it. And they, this is what they used it to shoot Titanic. So it's this massive hole in the ground. So there was that. And then there was a replica of a very similar ship. Um, and they they got um, uh, they got permission to shoot around this boat, I think, at one point, which was right around um, the Galapagos Islands where they end up. So they were able to get some scenes that looked super legit uh, there. And then the, the crazy, the crazy... Um, uh, the crazy storm stuff, I think, might have been a uh, a replica, a, mi- a miniature, and they just made it look fucking badass. In the trivia, it says well, that it was genuine. Technically, it's a real storm, it's just very small. It said it was genuine. Yeah. In the the trivia, it says that the storms were genuine. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, remember the footage from there? If that was genuine, that shit was crazy. Maybe only the shots of them on board were genuine. And not the fucking wide shots of it in the gigantic waves. I mean, but authenticity doesn't seem to be this movie's problem. No, it's fucking no. incredibly, incredibly like realistic. Russell, Russell Crowe even learned to play the violin just for this movie. Like, yeah. that's true. The, and yeah. he, he pulls it off too. I pay attention to things like that. Oh, yeah, I think it's good. Um, they, do, they do a pretty good job. Um, maybe just quickly I'll say it's Napoleonic Times and we have the HMS Surprise. Captain by Lucky Jack, Jack Aubrey, uh, who is a um, a very energetic, entertaining captain. I don't know; those aren't the right words, but he's a heck of a leader, uh, and he knows how to have a good time as well. But he pushes everything to the limit, and so it's wartime. We're going against the French. The surprise is out to get the French ship, the Acheron, which turns out to be a huge awesomely fast boat that kicks uh, the shit out of surprise in a battle and then gets the best of them in a second engagement causing them to have some of the best seamanship that anyone's ever seen and so they go in this cat and mouse game and then we take a little trip to the Galapagos Islands and we have a naturalist uh, adventure and see some crazy animals and then it's back up against the Acheron and in the third encounter what's going to happen? Will Jack Aubrey and crew survive or Will a French doctor who's pretending to actually be the captain have the last laugh? I don't no, know. No, it's the other way. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> apparently, yep. a, apparently they they all they always on set had two historical advisors all at all times on set. That's like it, it the, the wardrobe, the fucking everything is so insane in this movie. I I was shocked at how fucking good this movie looked, how real it felt. Uh, like nobody makes movies like this anymore. This is like it doesn't a feel lost like it. gem. Everyone with CG and everything, like nothing feels authentic anymore. Everything feels like CG. Like CG works. I mean, and it looks great, and it's getting better and better. But it never feels like this. Not like the CG. No. I still think that CG shouldn't be the feature effect. I think it should be the um, catering effect, the supplement to the yeah. main. You have a yeah. miniatures or you have a real like, uh, you know, recreation of a thing like in this movie, um, you know, something along those lines. I, That's always going to be better. It's it fucking. I mean, the old good this the, movie, man, as bad as the new Star Wars movies were, they, they did try and go back to, to that type of style of filmmaking for the ships and the, all of that. So that's about the only good thing about those movies was that they tried to to try to use models and and go back and but you're right it shouldn't be everything that's why those those movies the star wars movies that lucas made the newer ones were so bad because it just looked like three people having a conversation walking in a fucking gymnasium and you could see everything in the background was bullshit yeah but on this like you can feel like you can smell how stinky the men are it's crazy, and and like the fact that people would live like this for months is yeah. is also like without going insane. And some of them did go insane, and some of yeah, them did like, kill themselves in the when movie. When they're out at sea in the calm water, like that's when the, everything can get to you. If if there's if you're sailing and you're going and you're chasing and and getting in battles, at least something's happening. But for those guys just to be like, we can't clean anymore. We can't do it. Like, no wonder people would go absolutely batshit crazy. Well, and that poor guy who, like, was getting picked on and stuff. Like, that was actually really... I forgot about that. I know, but he kills himself, and then the wind does come. So, I like that they say that he's got this curse, and then they show, like, evidence. (laughs) I know it's not evidence. It's a big coincidence. But, I mean, they do that on purpose. But and then in a weird way, it makes his action like the bravery that he was looking for. Hey, actually, that's could never really find, nice. and it give gave him a purpose. So it's weird. I felt weird about that this time. I always do because it seems to work. And if you watch him closely throughout the movie, he's he's like indecisive. It's dangerous. He's in the very first scenes when we're with the boat. He's the one who sees the shape and doesn't do anything about it, and he never actually calls the crew to quarters to go to battle because he's too chicken shit and that's that's they instantly set him up to be dangerous like that but then he's also involved in a whole bunch of other things and it's unfortunate for the young man it's just a tough life that he got kind of forced into um and he's tragic they do that really well right off the bat when they um when they do spot the shape and then he says you must make a call and he hesitates and you see his next in in line just make the order um that's a significant event yeah, to, it is. To have yeah. someone speak the order, you know, instead. The, yeah. The conflict is they set up too between the doctor and the captain is is really smart because you needed that that type of uh, relationship 
to to keep the movie interesting and moving. Otherwise, it would be very boring once you get on a ship. There, they do a good job are, of creating conflict. Their discussions, too, are always um, really interesting. And we were talking about this when we watched it, how you can see both sides very well. So you don't end up going against either man in your mind. You you, you see where they're coming from. And obviously, um, the doctor is coming from more of the scientific and like life should go on and like people shouldn't be mean and kill each other and all that kind of stuff. But he's just a brilliant guy. And then Russell Crowe, who maybe at one point would even have agreed with the doctor, but he's because he's captain of a ship. He just doesn't have the privilege to think it's like, go get this ship at any cost. We do not have time for your damn hobby, sir. And you're like, yeah, because you can't if you if you let go of that level of control on the ship, if that machine of the of the the, the chain of command breaks down, it's um it would fall apart. So I see where both of them are coming from and they end up both being right, you know, as much as they're both wrong. Yeah, I know that is really smart writing. And I mean, they have to be good actors to pull that off as well mm-hmm. to to both have a point of view that you that you don't disagree with and you you understand where they're coming from and no one is a villain they both they both are passionate and uh they're both well spoken on their points but at the end of the day the captain is a captain and he's gonna fucking win no matter what right because he he's the one who's in charge so yeah that was really interesting uh good writing once again just a, a decent script You'd mentioned the acting there and there's a lot of kids in this movie and they all do a great job of acting. Um, This movie everywhere is really well done and kids can be a fucking problematic for a movie because they were like the thing about this movie that is so fucking awesome that that you guys were speaking about earlier is the immersion, right? And the fact that the kids are there and that whole thing is kind of a trip consider that kids are in this warfare on this boat. Yeah, and um, and then just to have everything be so effective as far as um their interactions with that world and and everything else, it's fucking money. Yep, it's yeah. the world building is is like some of the best. Like in in immediately you're getting into it and you're seeing below the decks of the ship and how they kind of name the cannon and all the detail of everything they see and do and um. They even get into like a little bit of how the meals would be prepared after I lo- the one of the first things I love seeing in terms of detail is um, after the uh, it's Calamy who calls um, court. We should be to quarters, whatever the fuck they say. Um, <clears throat> and as they're going through, everyone jump into action, which I love showing the the collaboration and like just the these. This is a humming crew, right? One of the best who believes in their captain. And then you hear like hammer and nails and things like that going. And as um, uh, Aubrey is turning around out of his, you know, buttoning up his shit, they're just taking down walls and completely changing rooms. Because like, of course, there are master carpenters. And as soon as we shall beat a quarter, beat to quarters, it's like, I'm going to take this hammer and I'm going to go get the captain out of his room. Boom. Now we have a war room. Boom. He's going up there. Um, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. It really sucks me in immediately. And then they start getting their asses handed to them in that open scene, which is a really interesting way to, to start the movie. Because um, while they get their asses kicked, it, it immediately sets up uh, Aubrey's like, brilliance of command. And, you know, they do get lucky, but it's because of his swift action and he never gives up, right? It's it's kind of cool. It's like that um, when he gets hit in the neck and he's sitting in the hole dazed and then he snarls. He's like and jumps out. I'm like, yeah, let's go. What are you going to do yeah, now? Yeah, that's a great yeah. little teeny moment. He, they, he 
the director never does that kind of a thing again which is great because that makes it really stand out that little yep. teeny moment he really makes that land also how crazy that first battle all of the battles are good but how crazy because you haven't seen anything yet so when that boat starts getting shot they start shooting their cannons at them and stuff and the boat starts getting shredded and then a, they put a hole in the boat and it starts flooding you're just like holy shit what the fuck are they gonna do yeah and then they get away and they like fucking rebuild it to better than brand new which is so fucking cool too like <laughs> you see them like repairing the boat and like getting it back in in like the best shape again and like all that stuff was so interesting to me that they they could do that at sea without like because that one guy said we have to go to port we have to like go to port to fix it. he's like no we don't we just fucking do it right out here yeah so yeah. that shit was like so so um like intriguing to me to see how that process would work and like once again today <laughs> there's not enough people you could put on a boat that would know how to fuck to do all those things like it's a completely lost craft they redid the masthead they like recurved the woman who was the surprise like so did you notice they were doing that before they did a lot of other major repairs yes, like the there was two the guys ship. on that thing before anything else that to me i was like i guess everything's getting done anyways but you might yeah. take care of some other things first that's the pride <laughs> like john said you gotta because they're talking to her too to be oh you be as good as new girl right like and painting on the face i'm like it's just I don't know, like so much of that stuff could be viewed at as, um, um, you know, too much, like because in some movies you wouldn't want that level of detail. But the world is so different from what we live now in such an alien place to us and the way people are. Um, I was reading that um, uh, Russell Crowe, when they were doing all the rehearsals and stuff, would have the actors wear different color shirts because they obviously wouldn't be in full regalia for their rehearsals and stuff like that. So they were wearing different color shirts. So he knew and learned quickly how to walk about the deck and like pay only certain people any, any attention. Cause Jack Aubrey wouldn't talk to the lowliest of the crew, right? He'd just be walking by and he'd be like, okay, you're somewhat of a, you know, a command commander on the ship and you're the next level. I'm only really talking to these people. So it can just like when he's walking on deck and people like are stopping and turning and like captain, like doing all this and he's just like breezing by, I don't know, man. It, it it super gets me sucked into everything, and I instantly, I instantly understand these characters, and and I love learning just more about what makes them do what they do. It's it's really interesting. So so one of the things I one some of the scenes I did notice the things I like didn't like necessarily. It's not that I didn't like them, but they may have aged or or I've lost a little bit of their shine. Is a little bit of the dialogue at the dinners and stuff. With the joking and the and the uh, the dialogue and the silliness, uh, I I don't I don't know for some reason why it was just that one dinner really with the joke about the uh, the weevils the weevils <laughs> the, the lesser of two weevils yeah, yeah it's just like so I guess it's a very lame joke but and everyone thought it was so funny but I guess it's like <laughs> what is it seventeen. 81 so it's 1800 i think yeah yeah, or, or yeah. yeah they haven't heard everything before i know so like it probably that yeah that's probably is like really good humor in 1781 or 1800 or whatever yeah. but uh and i like that guy who's, that guy's response is he who would pun would pick a pocket is like <laughs> but like it's low, low humor yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so a little bit of that I found like was was a little weird, but not weird, but like, I don't know, like once again, you let that slide because you have to realize the, the not only are these people completely unsophisticated when it comes to like most things because they like live on a ship and this is their lives. So like anything like that would be anything uh, that simple pun or whatever it was, I guess could be funny to them. I don't know. It, it doesn't it's bother me. I just noticed it this time. Yeah, I, I like to think of like that that's probably a memorable night for those guys. Remember that time we were with Aubrey and he was going on about fucking Nelson? That was awesome, you know? <laughs> wow. I think it would be that level that level of stuff. And you can and, tell like the the other thing I kinda like, and maybe um maybe it's just a, a, a I don't know. Um is like they're they're like, Can we press you for an anecdote about this guy? Like they're even like so respectful as like not even to ask questions most often, but they're like, Would you mind like telling us just a little bit more? And like people don't act like that today that's very that'd be like what yeah i'll tell you a story what do you want to know <laughs> no that's true and then uh i also uh i also thought it was interesting uh the food the level of food they ate um and how much booze they drank um yeah the the, the eatings look good uh do you guys think that that's accurate that they they would be able to eat that well seven eight ten weeks into the trip the captain i i believe would Oh, I mean, that's sure. what I'm saying. Like the captain and all his men like ate like fucking kings. And I think those were like, fucking... like special. I think they were those like big meals were like, you know, three or four times in the seven months or, th- you know, once a month, maybe. Right. That wasn't every they night. They the weren't time. like getting hammered I mean, every night. They're also eating, on the like, ocean. Like, there's probably food everywhere. Well, seafood for sure. But like, didn't they have like a big boar or a pig or something at they one kept, point I, I believe they kept livestock on these boats. they did they absolutely did yeah they would have to yeah otherwise you wouldn't be able to fucking eat that kind of thing right so think you'd like rabbit you'd probably have rabbits down there like crazy just fucking and banging and like, oh that's stalking. true <laughs> i never thought about that yeah i mean you probably right? rabbit stew you could fucking make all sorts of rabbit probably on not toast. anything that could multiply faster than you could deal with but they pre- they they have all that shit worked out. It, it's oh, so worst interesting. Case scenario: You have too many rabbits, and you throw them over the side. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what the well, fuck is shit? I often wondered about how like how, <laughs> how much store. evil was that comment? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. In, seven, in the 1700s, there wasn't there wasn't animal rights activists saying like you guys can't do this to the bunnies. Animal I'm not saying that you should do that because animal rights activists exist. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess they do. They kind of do. Because <laughs> people who actually gave a shit about animals actually went to bat for them. And in the 1700s on a ship, nobody was going to do that. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a good thing. I'm just saying too many rabbits ain't a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> plus, with Rabbit all those people. Again. Plus, I... yeah, with all those people on the ship, I mean. Yeah, no, that's fair a enough. Great thing. I think you're right. I think that would be a great, that'd be a great pick. Chickens. Yeah, rabbits. I'm sure they had lots of, of chickens. Chickens. Chicken with eggs. Yeah, Dude. eggs. Absolutely. Eggs would be a big thing probably, right? Yeah, eggs would be. Of course. They show, Kill- course. They show Killig gathering eggs one time, which is kind of... Killig is a really funny character if you pay attention to him throughout the whole movie. He's always like grumbling and mumbling about serving food to Aubrey and... Um, 
I think he calls for uh, some extra rations of rum for some people. And he's like, oh, yeah, just give all the rum away. He's like, we'll use this on this day. Oh, yes, use it on that day. <laughs> he's he's super funny throughout. But it's very interesting in terms of standing on the ship, even though he's like the, the, the captain's, um, uh, I don't know, administrative assistant, I guess is what you'd call him at best. Um, he's like down in the underneath with all the other all the other crewmen. So he's not afforded any like special privileges for his job. He's right down there. That's what makes food and all of these details that we're just talking about now that have nothing to do with the story. Yep. They have nothing to do with that. Are what make this movie so so rewatchable because there's so many little things you pick up on and you don't see that you can like get immersed in. Did you know that they used 27 miles of rope for the ship? And that they had to make miles. 27 miles of rope and they had to make the rope because it didn't exist. So they had to, they had to make the rope. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 27 miles of rope. How much did that cost the production? Like, what the fuck, man? No wonder this movie was $150 million in 2003. That's uh-huh. like fucking, that's like Avengers money today. Yeah. Seriously. So while I am, I'm, uh, I really think they could have done some interesting additional films with this uh, they, franchise. I, I'm there's apparently talks of there's talks of uh, a relaunch, I guess. Um, but of course, it would be from an earlier time in Jack Aubrey's life, no doubt. So, get some young, fresh faces in there. Uh, I don't know. Like, obviously, the the current cast is going to be way too old. It's been like 15, 16 years since that fucking movie came out. Um, but but it's the it's the certain period pieces that you see. I think Dances with Wolves did this to some extent. Like I would have had at the time I saw this movie, no idea how uh, any indigenous people uh, would have really lived, other than like hearing the few stories. But I th- I felt like Dances with Wolves presented a a realistic um, view that was you know I like to think was more true than not in how that world worked, and it was fascinating the whole time spent there and the relationships you form are all like super great and every once in a while a movie comes along that covers a period of, a slice of life in a period of time that I didn't know about and it's to do with war or whatever and there just has not been a movie that's represented being on a ship um, anywhere near this time period as well as this one and still hasn't been since I don't think that I could think of anyway yeah and this was in the 1700s by the way apparently the real ship was was a French ship that was was captured by the British in 1957 and then they refitted it and made some some changes to it before they set sea. So that's actually really interesting as well that that this wasn't an originally a British ship but it was something that they had uh, captured and then used. Uh-huh. Just like they were going to do with the other ship they capture in the movie. The Asheron. Sorry yeah, to that's... spoil, sorry to spoil it for everybody. But yeah, that they are going to use that ship too, and he gave that guy uh, his first uh, commission to to be aboard that ship. Mm-hmm. His command. Yeah, that was great. That was that was so great. I mean, like this movie is really good. It is a little long, so I don't know. There's yeah, just... that that worried me when we were starting it out. Um, yeah, I, n- I never like to see movies, but it, it's also it's a, a little bit under long. what I thought it was going to be because it's like two twenty, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. I, I would. It's it's interesting to me because you would think you want to get them off the boat, like as somebody who uh, you'd be like, oh god, they're always on the boat. You gotta get. But you know what? The most boring time of the movie and least interesting and compelling is when they get off the boat. Of course, 
Yeah. And they spent too yeah. much time off the boat. They should have gotten off the boat and gone to the Galapagos Islands. Absolutely. But it should have been a very, very short piece of the film. Instead, I'd say it was probably about 20 minutes of the movie, 25 maybe, mm, when they were like there. Seems... And it seemed like they were there for months. Yeah, because I did. He gets I did have, better. Yeah. They they create they 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 brew their own um, ferment their own booze. Yeah, <laughs> cactus hooch. Yeah, on yeah. the island and stuff. So that would take weeks or months for him to get better, and also for them to do that because he was shot. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, like to recover from a wound like that would be like probably two weeks before you could be actively like moving around. And he goes on a big hike. I know he gets sore, but. I just don't think that's one or two days later. The scene where he takes out his own bullet from his own body too is is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's a like, really intense scene. It, the, the movie lucks out because while I I agree the the time spent in the Galapagos it's it's interesting uh, to learn about the, this guy and like to think that he's like really the first naturalist to really walk there, but. Like I'm, I'm reaching for the um, like the themes that are popping out of that. Really, it's so ultimately like spending time there only allows us to get to know Paul Bettany a little bit more and show that there's a struggle for knowledge in this time. And the stories about Jack Aubrey fighting the Asheron, right? So, but it does it does do one lucky turn by taking the naturalist um, stuff and that bug and giving Jack the idea for how to fight and win the last battle. So it, they're lucky that they tied that together because yeah. if it had just been about their friendship and Jack like giving the boat up to go take him inland and get him that surgery and then going back out to fight them again, if that had been all it was, that would have been severely disappointing. Yeah, but that would have landed so much better had they not done spent so much time there. You would have had them take out the bullet and then have him walking around like weeks later, like a little bit of looking at the island. You could just show cages with animals he captured behind him when he shows that bug. And then they're off again and they're back and Jack knows what to do. But instead, they just it's too long of a detour. They needed a detour for sure in this movie. Yeah, but, but he sacrifices his animals, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but like once again, like we did all that stuff we don't need to see. The the most important thing we need to see is that Jack takes him to the island. That's Jack save the cat because Jack, even though Jack was right, he was really mean to him and like really hurt him as a friend because he was. He said, "You promised, you fucking promised me that I could go. Like you, you're, like your word is worth nothing." And Jack got really mad and was was really mean. So for him to kind of redeem himself and take him to the island, obviously to save his life. And then I feel to like stay. they both redeem each other. Yeah, because, no, they do. That's why that's because important, him, though. Because him forfeiting all those animals and stuff like that, because he knows that the, the pursuit here, the more important thing, like he, well, he, he relents to, to his point, right? About like, we're not your hobbies. We don't have time for those, right? Yeah. The, the mission is... Oh, that's fair. I never thought about that. You're right. He does definitely. Right? He is so giving he, up something. That gives him a chance to sacrifice for Jack in return. And yeah. it just shows the greatness of their friendship, which is also why I like that that him as a naturalist, like John was saying, um, why he leans into the the benefit of the boat, right? Like having this scientist on board. 
um, taught Jack something or gave him an idea for what to do to maybe defeat this thing, right? Like yeah, over, and, no, overcome right. that weakness through strategy. So the, um, I, I like that, that given given play between those two. No, you're right. That's a really interesting point I never considered. You're 100% correct about that. But once again, you could have just cut out some other stuff then on the island. You could have still had that because you're right. That is a, that is like a, a gift. They both give each other a gift. And uh, so you could have had that without having so much of the island. Like, Yeah, you could trim it down still. Yeah, yeah even a little like would a little help. Bit. It really would. Because yeah. this is a very good movie, but it's just a little too long. Just needs a yeah, little bit of editing. Do you know what? And, and actually, you said too, after it finished, you were like, man, this movie trucks yeah like this movie Ex really fucking it really did move along, except for when the they're in the island you spend the whole time on a boat <laughs> the only time that it was slow was on the island but it did not feel it was over very quickly so i kind of yeah. found that to be like a nice little interlude i liked seeing the doctor get um get a chance to look around i liked the exploration of it it was kind of like a i don't know it was like a little a little, I wouldn't uh, have cut out much. Like I would have cut out. I, I would have cut out like. 10, I agree with you. I agree with you. Just like it's, ten it's, minutes. It's Start also ten minutes of that. It's decent character building for Blakeney, the the young boy, the one armed boy who gets in the initial battle gets all that shrapnel up his arm and ends up losing his arm, which is horrible, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, like world building, insane. Um, and it's I don't know, like that kid has a major um a major role to play at the end of the film and he's like super heroic and his buddy ends up dying too another one of the major um all the young people die i was noting that at the end like calumny they it's i i mean you could definitely chalk it up to inexperience and they were young and and maybe they made some mistakes or they just didn't have the you know they didn't have the fighting skills of the adults yeah and so all of the dead people <laughs> were all young and and it's it was so sad that that was the case, but but that's probably very realistic, right? I, like it doesn't. We learned from all of our first seven seasons of Game of Thrones that no one is safe in the real world. No <laughs> one is safe. I don't know how Game of Thrones came around, but there it is. People get stabbed in the face, no matter how old they are. You mean yeah. the audience, the fans? Yes, that's that's the yeah. That's who uh, really got stabbed in the eye. That's true. We all, all got of us. In the fucking face. So um, this movie was nominated for ten Academy Awards. Okay, and so one for two mm, for cinematography what? and for sound editing, and lost every other one to guess what movie? Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the third Return Lord of the, of the Rings. Fuck that. Which now look. Oh, I don't know how I feel about the Oscars at the best of times. And it's like they should have spread out the Lord of the Rings Oscars throughout the three movies a bit better because it just sure felt like they were like, this deserves it because it would a huge accomplishment over a couple of year period. Because that's, that's, you know, the that's third one's an okay one, but it's not the best. That's not the best Lord of the Rings. No, movie. I mean, this is better than all three of those movies put together, sadly. That's a sad thing I would agree with. Yeah, but. And the fact that, once again, oh my God, that's fucking a travesty. I mean, set design, wardrobe, screenplay? How did this fuck... Dude, that I mean, third, with, that third lost Return best, of the King is... It lost Best Picture. What? To, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. I can understand cinematography. I can't even get through one of those old Lord of the Rings movies anymore. I've tried. 
it is so hard to even watch those now. And this, I just like, rewatched them, but I was a big fan of Lord of the Rings. We just said like books, this so. went by in the blink of an eye. I can't get through half an hour of one of those movies, and they're like three hours long, all of them. Lord no, of the Rings, Lord of the Rings beat Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit was good. Mystic River would be an interesting one. We should put that on the list because uh, I wonder if that's any good. I don't know. Clint Eastwood directing. Right? Man, think of all the good, how many years we've talked about in the 90s and the two th- early 2000s, how many good movies there were every year, and now there's nothing. What a tr- that's, Things have like gone downhill. It's all on TV now. That's so sad. Yeah. They don't make movies like this anymore. They just don't. There's nothing like oh, this. Oh, well, and the, th- this movie did make money. Uh, it just didn't make enough for them to be like, uh, 10 Academy Award nominations? <laughs> Never we're going to touch this shit again. No, I mean, I just, I don't the, budget understand is, the, the budget is this, really big for this, this movie. This movie was supposed to be a franchise. Yeah, yeah, it was. But the box office wasn't big enough. Yeah. No. So they, it, despite the critical review, but it's not because didn't it make money? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. I'm I'm saying that though only because I would have n- I don't think they should have made sequels. That this movie is a great movie and I like the way it ends and I know it's open-ended ending but that's great too. Like I don't want to see anymore. Like you made a great fucking movie. Like yeah, all no, the things that we're talking true. about, all the the little details and like the characters and the way they live wouldn't be interesting in the sequel. Right? We've already seen all of it. Like, why make a second one of these? No, leave this alone. Well, like, I guess it's different gem. stories, like I an anthology get... type thing, right? Like, that to me is why I like why I come back to Bonds is because it's the same Bond, but I get kind of caught up in the in the new adventures of it, and I don't. They're mind terrible. That. Watch them again. They're all <laughs> no, I know. And they're no, all awful. I know. I know they're terrible, but I like gadget spy fucking shit, and I get my fixture in those movies. Those movies are just candy. They're not fucking. Uh, no, that's fair. But how films, many movies? Right? How many movies have been ruined by sequels? Like the Matrix alone would have is would be a, yeah. a classic to this I, I day had they not made fair three enough. more. I guess. Yeah. What I if you really make take, Godfather? What I if you make really, Godfather two? Yeah. Ugh, I mean, that's tough. Or even Deadpool two. But then you Deadpool make Godfather yeah, three, and does that undo everything? I know, but that's so hard. <laughs> that's it does uh, a little bit. Can I get some uh, orange juice and um, chocolate? Here you go. <laughs> I mean, they just Thanks, they right just here. left the money on the same number too long. Is all they did. Yeah, they certainly did that. They certainly did that. It's really hard for me with sequels because there's been so few examples where they they don't ruin the original, and this movie's a gem. They should have an Oscar ceremony right after the current Oscar ceremony, except it looks back at movies the ten year from ten years previous and then says, This is the shit that stuck and was studied and replicated and we didn't know it at the time because we were stupid. Yeah, we made a mistake. Or, or yeah, we were the, um, uh... or we were emotional about the end of a nice trilogy that everyone like wanted for longer than anyone else can think of, and it was done half decently well. Uh, let's just put all that out of our minds and be like, is this movie better than Lord of the Rings um, Return of the King? Like Everything, 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 above- that, <laughs> everything, most of the stuff that's done in Lord of the Rings is pretty good, except for the writing. Once again, the reason the Lord of the Rings isn't good is the screenplays and the editing. They're way too long and the scripts aren't very good. They're just not. They tried to Let put me too tell much you- in. 
a big problem is the fucking dialogue where Legolas says, or someone says Legolas, what do your elf eyes yeah. see? Yeah. And I fucking want to stab myself in the fucking ears. <laughs> I know, and that's what I'm saying. Is Every the reason, time. The only reason that this movie is superior, both of them spent shitloads of money and, and, and made, did a cr- crazy things to like bring those those movies to life, but it's this movie is good because of the script. Well, the this script I mean, is great. This is based off of books too, but they just took a couple of good pieces of each of them. Paul Bettany, the Doctor's character in the books, I remember is a uh, he's basically a spy. He's like trying to take down um, the French government. As they a, talk as a spy. about a spy so like, being on the oh, ship. Oh no, too. shit! Yeah, so he's oh, like that's all very. He's dealing like doing um, double deals and stuff like that. It's quite exciting. They talk about him, be, someone being a spy on the ship. Yeah, that's they have funny. this, I, or I we have no spies idea. as well as they do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that though. I, I, you read the books, John? Yeah. I, well, I listen to the audiobooks. I have to qualify because some people don't seem to think that's reading them. I listened to them. I guess someone read them to me in a nice voice with the accent. Absorb material. Well, not anymore. I give you the. the I dub it reading for you. Yeah, I did. Yes, yes. I learned that book. I guess you say. Yes, I did. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, also, uh, while this movie uh, is not a great movie to watch um, with young people sleeping in the next room, because there's a lot of very quiet dialogue moments and then explosive. canon action happening but if you have a, a nice sound system and you're going to crank this one up what a joy this movie would be the creaks and the everything that you hear the the muffled sound when you're under the decks and things like that uh yeah. it's and the battles are just loud and and quite vicious the end fight when they board the other ship um uh, i don't know there was a lot of flashy sword fighting that didn't seem to quite fit the realism angle there's a couple of scenes where people are like hacking guys down rather haphazardly um i know it would be chaos out there but some of the characters like in certain scenes are good good fighters um i never noticed any of that i thought everything felt crazy authentic but are you saying that that they shouldn't be as good as sword fighters no i'm saying like there's one scene in particular i'm thinking of where russell crowe is like hacking his way forward and he ends up like killing three guys on his way. It just, that is one part in particular that didn't, didn't win me over. But you know what? I'm not saying um, the whole, the whole is bad. Like it's, it's, it's chaotic and it's the best part is that it's so tense. Like they off characters, you know, immediately um, there's like that race to get the cannon pointed down at the other cannon. So they take them out and then Blakeney goes to board the other ship and there's the rescue of the prisoners and, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know how anyone would survive in a battle like that. How do you survive that? That's crazy. Well, I don't know. Like, if that first scene actually makes it seem impossible. Yeah. That first scene with the cannonballs just ripping through the boat effortlessly. Yeah. Like, there's zero resistance. It's just, and, and they have 40 guns, and they fire at least five times on that boat. Oh, yeah. And it's mostly connections, it looks like. Yeah. God damn, man. 200 cannonballs hitting your boat. How are you still afloat? How is everyone not dead? Yeah. Just the shrapnel from the fucking wood, like the splintering and stuff would be a fucking deadly in itself. The, in the opening fight, uh, they show the engineer guy who's under the decks and a cannonball goes on either side of his head through the hull. Um, and it's like so quick and vicious. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, everything was happening so quickly in those battles. Um, some of the other details that were so glorious to watch were the cannons firing and them loading them and them flying backwards in yeah. the, the, the nests, the cannon nests. All of that stuff was was like a joy to watch and like so exciting. And then seeing the the impact of the cannonballs on the ship's hulls and <laughs> coming through the walls. Yeah. It, it's crazy like once again like wh where could you ever see this in any other movie like and and done this well peter yeah. weir is uh this is maybe his best movie thinking about it now yeah i've always liked dead poet society and i've always liked fearless with jeff bridges i own both those movies but how do i not own this movie this this is peter weir's masterpiece well and funny I, enough you were the most worried of it out of the three of us john and i were kind of looking forward to this one and yeah, you I, you seem to have us fond memories i think but once again yeah. this is the same with uh there's other movies as similar um uh ones pretty that woman. always come to mind pretty woman are uh are um i mean the biggest one Ace that Ventura. comes to mind is is the sixth sense i felt similar to this as the sixth sense i did not like it I never watched it a bunch. I didn't watch The Sixth Sense at all after I saw it once. I don't think I ever watched this. I think this is the second time I've seen this fucking movie. I might have been at John's house and you guys were watching it, like, and I walked in or something. But, but this is the second time I've watched it from beginning to end. I bet. I saw this a lot because I lived with John for a long time. <laughs> yeah. True. And John watches this movie. It time. was yeah, it was it's just so on good, all though. the time. I it's see great. something it's new every movie. time. I like a detail I forgot, oh, yeah. or just something that they did to make it just that much more real. And that's what makes it a masterpiece. I yeah. mean, a lot of the movies we talk about, you 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 see, you get to find new things every time you see it. Um, yeah. Like there's so many uh, movies that are like that for me. Magnolia. Is three hours and fifteen minutes long, but every time I watched, I, I like a different character, and they they become my favorite. Every single time I watch it, I, I for some reason identify with someone else. Probably has a lot to do with just like you know, the years go by, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I identify with this character now, and yeah. I really identified with the doctor's character in this viewing as much as I did with Jack's. I think. Yeah. This time watching it, I paid close attention to the relationships and the camaraderie and all that stuff and the and the formalness of it. And it just it's crazy how well it comes through. I never there's never a time when I think I'm watching actors. This seems like you're watching a crew on a crazy boat doing crazy things. And the, the amazing thing is that you lunatics. are. Yeah. They're on a boat and they built it and they're in, in so I think the other thing that really sells is when they are in those cabins or they are under the boat and uh, there's that motion of the boat moving. Yeah. Right. And that's not camera. That's not them doing a camera trick. It's just the boat moving. Yeah. Well, crazy. Dude, that, like all of that plus like John mentioned before the, those little creeks and stuff that are in the background. Yeah. That adds so much because you might not even notice that you're hearing it, but just it being in the atmosphere makes that feel so three-dimensional. Man, this, this I don't know, the sound in this is pretty fucking great. I don't know how anything didn't... Um, it's minimalist. There's very little music, right? It's mostly the classical, um, and it's, sometimes it's used in transitions. It's used very effectively when, um, when Jack and the Doctor are playing together. 
But there's yeah. a lot of times where there's absolutely no music in this movie. You just it's the sound of the water and and, and people and things happening. And there's no like other than the, the the rare scenes where there's that classical music overlay. Like so there are like um scenes where the um, uh, the guy who they turn against and think he's cursed when they're starting to treat him whatever there's never like supporting music that like is dramatic to drag your feelings down like you you see it happening and there's nothing else to support it and it still hits really hard yeah i uh i i gotta be honest with you i do not remember hearing any music in this movie so once again like editing and directing if you don't notice it usually means it's really good yeah yeah, and the editing and directing is the same in this movie as well. I, I don't ever notice the directing or the editing. I'm just so engrossed in it. Yeah, sucks you in and holds you holds you the whole time. You're on the boat. Yeah, you're on. The, yeah, you yeah. actually you, in tight quarters, but you can still yeah. see what's happening and understand what's happening. And when it's chaotic, it's chaotic. And yeah, no, this is like. I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, like we're just gushing now, but it yeah. 100 holds up. It's a masterpiece. This is a masterpiece of filmmaking. Yeah, what it is. This is must see viewing from my perspective. Like, yeah, you just you got to see it. Is. It like first, first for the story and how enjoyable that is, and then second for the technical masterpiece that it is. And every time after, just because of how immersive. There's, I just, I never question it. It's fucking great. Holds up. One of my faves. Here's a question. Go. Who has an arc in this movie? The doctor. The doctor definitely goes through some changes. I don't. I don't think. Um, <sighs> People don't of think this time really don't change. Arc, People of this time don't change. Right? They're inflexible. Is that really? Is that really the argument you're coming up? I'll, I'll that they just in the 1800s, people didn't change at all. They want the same person. I'm not saying I, I right, but they fi- they fight very hard to be who they are. Like it kills these people more than like Jack has to be the captain, so he's not gonna change. But but he does soften and he does take what's his name to the island to get him healed. Is that an arc? Like that he gives up on his he gives up on his uh, goal because then he gets him? to go after it again. Yeah, does it save him? I don't know. I, I think that I think they him and the doctor do grow as characters. Now, as for an arc, mm. I don't know if there is one, but I would say that this movie is is so simple, and what it is 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 just like man versus man, and yeah. and and so like and so it's it's Jack overcoming and beating a ship that has got twice the over twice the guns, is faster, and they're outgunned. So the stakes are always so high in this movie that like you're just in it for the stakes and will Jack win? Can he overcome? And there's conflict yeah. between him and the doctor and they do soften. John is right because like at first he is completely unmovable as the commander and the captain. And he does like take a detour to save his friend. So I think you see some uh, growth in him. But at the end of the day, it's all about him just winning him beating the odds and beating somebody with his skill like the other guy has and the other guy's a great captain as well and he's got like superior vessel so jack has to figure out how to beat him and then he does it's it's fucking great so maybe there is no arc but like this maybe this movie didn't need one (laughs) 
No, no, fair enough. I just thought I'd pose the question because it is. No, occurred it's a great question. I, that, no, um, I think you're right. That it does seem like no one changes. Like, and, uh, you're and right. that's not a problem because the story is interesting. And I believe that a, that a movie can be just an event in time, yeah. right? I don't do, think that, that you always need all the change in the characters because you can just sometimes do a study of a of an event. Well, right? you, say this, I, you say this, Brent, like, did we change as the audience? Did we? No, and I thought about that too, but I, I don't feel like we did. Like, No, we're with him the whole time. Yeah. I, another movie that there's not really an arc, but we've all said held up was a comedy, and it was The Hangover. And there is a tiny arc, or not a tiny arc, there is one arc. The dentist has a complete arc. The dentist does, but the movie's not really, he's not the main character, really. It's all of them. And so only one. I'd say Bradley Cooper has an arc as well. Not really. And Zach Elephant. I think they all have an arc, don't they? I don't think so. They all change and learn stuff over the course of the night. The only person who changes when he gets back is is the dentist, and he dumps his girlfriend. And everybody else is the same. They honestly are. Even the guy who's stuck on the roof didn't change. He's just like nothing changes with him. He just gets married, but he was getting married yeah, anyway. But he's not even he's not even a character. Yeah. Right? But that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying though is like yeah, that's and, ju- that's that's just like watching a train wreck. That show you're just watching things happening. You don't care it if is the characters grow. So I yeah, mean, there's very, very much few so, movies. Yeah. Most movies do need that though, and I think it's hmm. you could have as a the screenwriter in this movie thought of a way of working that in. But like the story is so compelling, I, I I mean I guess I would have probably tried to work that in. But like fuck, at the end of the day, I guess it didn't need it. I mean he just wins. Yeah. We watch him maybe, like overcome huge odds to win the day. Maybe the changes are like microtransactions because you see like the I assume that him and the doctor's friendship had been through arguments and stuff in the past. They seem like quite good friends, yep. right? Yeah. So them arguing and then coming to, um, you know, to a place of compromise didn't didn't seem change to me. But then if I examine, um, you know, just that one battle, that one fight between them, maybe their relationship evolves a bit. Right. And like with Jack and the superstition um, with the crew, like when they thought that that one coward guy. Sorry, I can't remember any of the fucking names in this. Hollum. Um, when they think well. that he's when they think that he's a <laughs> cursed uh, person, I can't yeah, remember. There's a word totally. for this. Sailors used to, um, and the doctor brings it up with Jack. He finds out that Jack actually believes in that too. And yeah. then after that guy kills himself, then Jack gets to a place where he even speaks to the boat and he says, "We all failed him, like by by letting our our you know superstitions well, get the best of us." It's yeah, that's a really funny scene too because first he says to the doctor, "Not everything is in your books," which is really yeah. interesting. And then even even funnier is um, someone tries to hand him a Bible to say a passage for Hollem, and he doesn't. He closes it, and that's when he says, "We all failed him." And then as he's wrapping up, the wind is starting to blow, and he he hands off the book. So it's like not even a religious thing for him. It's the it's the 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 sea shanty of voodooism i don't know what the fuck yeah yeah i also yeah i don't know I mean, if your like, if your name for it is right see voodoo it be i don't know any better the doctor is also not wrong when he says that he is being arrogant in going after this guy for he that he he may have 
the wrong reasons for doing it and it's his ego so like you could have had it where the end of the movie is he gives up and like and like lets his ego puts his ego aside and and like and you know saves his crew and doesn't go after the big ship or whatever but once again <laughs> you want to see that battle i mean like fuck that i mean that could have been some kind of an arc there but yeah but you want to see that battle man you want to see him win and he fucking and he tricks them and it's all strategy and i love how they i love their plan at the end where they all dress up and change the look of the boat and and suck them in they it's, do their hair they wear pretty dresses yeah they look, <laughs> that would be so funny if they did all dress like women and they're like it's a it's a women's cruise in the 1700s <laughs> that sounds like something that bender Holy. from futurama yeah would it would be like the uh 100 there would be no um more dangerous place for a group of women than on the <laughs> open sea in the 1800s they're all drinking tea and eating like cookies and crumpets and stuff and, the and they're like waving they're, yeah. they're waving their their uh their bonnets fans. their Petticoats. fans are their handkerchiefs at them yeah uh, umbrellas don't they always have umbrellas <laughs> yeah they have umbrellas. parasols yeah yeah um, the french Big would be asses. in the finest french fashions and the brits would be well homely <laughs> just kidding um so yeah, it holds up. Sorry, Yay, that, all I right. got off. Nice. Yeah. That's bulletproof. Yeah, you I'm got off. Gross. Oh, ah. master. <laughs> What's next week, boys? What's next week? Uh, it is a little ditty by the name of. Da, da, da. Isn't it uh, two lies? Hey, Brent. I think I picked two my lies? birthday movie. No, two lies. Liar, liar. Oh, it is liar, liar. Oh. I picked my birthday movie, Brent. It's going to be a clockwork orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big surprise. Oh, man. It, it's got to be done. We need to get out of the way. All right. We got to yeah. get out of the way, boys. You're right about that. It needs to be done. It used to be my number one until Pulp Fiction took over. Ooh. Yeah, it is Liar Liar. Liar Liar is going to be interesting. I'm going to guess. My prediction is that it is not going to hold up. Hmm. I got liar, a liar. I know for the, that Ace Ventura my... did, but I am thinking that this may not. This will. This would have been. I don't know if I. Uh, one of my favorite Jim Carrey comedies is how I would have categorized this uh, mm, in yeah, my love, memory. Love when Jim I first Carrey came out, I enjoyed it, but I, I have a feeling this is going to be bad. Oh, yeah, I really do. I feel like the joke is going to just repeat itself over and over and over again. I can't can't lie. lie. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit not work. (laughs) It's it's not going to work. (laughs) I think he I think he's I'm excited to see. I think he's going to you think he's going to pull it off. It's Jim Carrey, man. And it's like 90 minutes long. So it'll be an easy watch. So, yep. Yeah, man. No, I love Jim Carrey. Canadian boy all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, Funny. I mean, that guy was the biggest, and let's not forget, he was the biggest box office superstar for like, I don't know, at least a half a decade. Um, he had like five, six years where he was they, the highest paid fucking of everything. They called him the $20 million man because he like started making his, $20 million a movie. Yeah, or whatever. That was his paycheck. Yeah. Bing, bang. Yeah. February is pretty much call-in month. Uh 
The first one I think is a more John movie, and then the other three are all things that I think uh, Colin is the highest on. What's the list? So sneakers first. Oh yeah, but John picked that one though. That's why I said it's John. But then Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Jim Carrey Orange, not Jim and Arthur, not Jim Carrey either. Oh Arthur, but isn't Arthur one of your faves though too? Oh totally. Yeah. It was yeah. your dad's favorite movie, right? Nah. Yeah, he liked Arthur, yeah. But, well, I don't think Fuck it was his favorite yeah, movie. Probably Smokey and the Bandit or uh, Roadhouse. Well, Roadhouse. I think, oh, my God. He didn't Arthur have great taste. Better. He saw Fargo and told me, he's, he's like, don't go see that fucking movie. That movie's terrible. <laughs> and then later when I saw it, I was like, this movie's really good. <laughs> yeah. he, I, don't think he had, I don't think he had good taste in movies. Well, he, he picked Arthur correctly because... I didn't watch it that long ago, and I was really shocked. So I'm 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 excited to see Whoa, what you guys. Spoiler think. alert! Shocked. Spoiler well, alert. I'm excited to see what you guys think. Shocking. Yeah, me too. Right on. Then we got some other good stuff planned, as we always do. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course, let us know if you want to see specific movies. We'll get you on the list along with the rest of the things. We were talking about a, a P.T. Anderson month. Um, because there's five of his movies that are right prime to be done for the hold up thing. Brent just said so Fargo. Doing, that would be a good movie to do, March. would it not? Oh, Fargo's Fargo got to be done, of yeah. course. And then uh, I think it's on Prime uh, coming up in March is They Live, if you haven't seen that, John Carpenter. Is it John Carpenter, that one? Yeah, I think it is. I'm not sure. I can't they remember live? now. I'm pretty sure. Unless, I think you're right. It, it, it definitely should be, right? Uh, yeah, it no, is definitely you know yeah, and Rowdy is and sure. Rowdy, Roddy, Roddy, Piper. Roddy Piper. That's the reason Roddy to watch it. Uh, it's on Netflix, I think. Oh, is it Netflix? Okay, yeah. Early March, and then uh, we'll get some other stuff coming down the pipe. So, as always, it's a great time. Thanks for sharing some time with us. Come out and share some time with us next time as well. We drop uh, Liar Liar next week, Sunday afternoon. So cool. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks for coming out, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.